This is a 980 CKNW podcast. We have been talking a lot about the flooding in Grand Forks this past month, as well as people taking measures to protect their homes along the Fraser River in Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley and other parts in the province as well, bracing for potential flooding as we head further into spring and summer. But what can we actually learn so far from what has happened both here in B.C. and other provinces? Well, Shauna Petal is a director of Partners for Action at the University of Waterloo and joins us on the line now. Shauna, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome, Jill. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, What can we learn so far when we look at the flooding and we look at how things have unfolded so far this year? I I think that the best thing that we can learn from all of this is that no one is immune to flooding, that people who have never had a flood before, who have lived in their home for 30 years, are getting nailed this year in both B.C., in New Brunswick, here in Ontario as well, that we really need to pay more attention to this and think that you anybody can be impacted by floods. And do we know why? In some of the stories uh, that we've seen, uh, I would imagine there are similar stories uh, in uh, New Brunswick and Ontario, uh, people like you said that have never been at risk of flooding and uh, suddenly this year they've already had flood damage. There's definitely a number of different factors that come into it. So I know in BC and in New Brunswick, a lot of snow that melted really fast. So the ground is not able to absorb any more. And then when there is a rain, it just has nowhere to go. So it has to find new ways to get where it needs to go. And also, too, we're putting people, in some cases, in places where they shouldn't be. We're building in places that are prone to flooding. And we're also paving over the ground that would normally soak up that water. So the water has to find a place to go. And sometimes that goes through homes, it goes through businesses, and it goes through communities, too. Uh, There was some talk in B.C. as well that uh, the forest fire season that we just had also left a lot of areas. There was nothing left in the ground that would normally slow down the flow of water or absorb water. Kind of it it acted almost like pavement and that the water was able was what exactly that had nowhere to go and and uh, led to flooding in some areas as well. Exactly. It looks like a backyard fire pit. When you burn that ground, there's a hard cake on top, so the ground is not able to absorb anymore. And there's also no vegetation anymore, so there's no roots, there's no plants, there's no trees that would normally soak up the water and slow it down. So the water just has, it runs, and it runs in places that it wouldn't before. Uh, And so do we learn from this, and then are we able to better forecast what might happen in the future? I think we have to. I think we have to look at where we are today and not forget the people that are currently going through flooding throughout the country, we need to make sure that we don't forget their stories and we don't forget a year from now or two years from now that we just need to plan better. We need to make sure that we understand where the water is going to go. So we need updated flood maps. We need to bring climate change into that because the climate that we had years ago when these maps were put together is not the climate that we're going to have going forward. So we need to think about that as well. And we need to do our best to keep people out of harm's way. Uh, and is that, would you suggest something as drastic as not uh, to allow building or development in areas that might be prone to flooding? Absolutely. Here in Ontario, we have a system where we prevent planning in floodplains. So we know where the water could go and we keep people out of there entirely. And other provinces are starting to think about how they can factor in the same ideas. But we need to keep people out of, the water's going to go where it goes. We can't fight it. So we need to protect and we need to keep our people out of the way. 
Uh, there were some uh, stories uh, even here in BC about uh, municipalities purchasing back homes that are in floodplains that in the future could uh, be in the path of that water. And for, for many, I was looking at some of the comments to that, many people saying that sounds extremely drastic to be doing something like that. Is that a drastic or too drastic move? I think it's incredibly brave. I think that there are, we need that kind of political will and we need that forward thinking of if your home is here and you're going to flood, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere else? Like I understand people wanting to stay in their homes, but if you're going to have flooding every year or every two years and there's an option to go somewhere else where you're not putting your family and your home at risk, it would make sense to me to, to at least think about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the issue, too. And, and you make an interesting point in that we're seeing people this year that uh, have never flooded before and now have either had some damage or are looking at perhaps there will be flooding in the coming weeks or months. But if it isn't something that happens every year or if it's, if it, you know, you can get through it, move on, rebuild. If it's not something that happens every year, I suppose that it changes if you're now faced with that every single year or, like you said, every year or every two years. I think so. I think if you've lived in your home for 30 years and you've never had a flood, you've been lucky. And now if you're having a flood every year or every two years, everybody's idea of risk is different. And for me, I wouldn't know, I would never want to have my house flood. And I look at the people who are going through it and I think of how incredibly disruptive that is. You have to leave your home, you have to redo your basement, but you also are losing time at work. Your kids are losing time at school. You're losing money, a significant amount of money because insurance doesn't always cover it. Government government assistance doesn't always cover it. So you're paying out of pocket for a lot of this stuff. And that adds up. I mean, we're talking to people here. We're doing uh, conversations with people who've been through flooding. And they say they've never recovered. They've never been able to get back on their feet because they've had two or three floods in two or three years. And I suppose it's difficult, too, though, with more and more people. I mean, especially in, in Metro Vancouver, there's more and more people moving here. The population is growing, and it's, it's not an easy thing to suddenly say, but we're not going to develop here. We're not going to have people living in this area because there's simply not an excess of places to live. Exactly. I think that it comes down, again, to deciding what's important as a community. And if you want to bring more and more people in, we have to think of a way to develop differently. So we densify, we put more people in places that aren't risky, try to keep them away from the places that are. Uh, Do you see any of this being done as far as, are we learning from these flooding events? Uh, Not as quickly as I'd like. I think that it takes a lot of, it takes time. It takes time to get these things through political processes. It takes time for building up that courage for a municipal council to say no, you have to go or we have to put you somewhere else. So it does take time. Uh, but I think that there is much more focus upon this now than there used to be. From all levels of government, we're seeing that we're pushing towards how can we do things differently. We can't look at how we've done it before because it doesn't work anymore. So we have to do things differently. But it's definitely a slow change and it will take a few years. So it's, it's more of a long game, I think. All right. We'll leave it there. Shauna, thank you so much for joining us uh, and talking about this this morning. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That is Shauna Petal. She is a director with Partners for Action at the University of Waterloo and talking about the flooding that we've seen not only here 
in B.C., but also in other parts of the country as well. Taking a look at New Brunswick, uh, Ontario uh, also. Uh, If you live in an area that is flood prone, what are your thoughts about this? There certainly are many, many areas in the lower mainland, in the Fraser Valley and such uh, that are prone to flooding. We've been looking at them uh, these past few weeks, uh, some of the lower lying areas as well. Uh, There's some areas that I think flood almost every year that are outside of the diking system on the Fraser River. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.